podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. And it's a quiet Friday, there's not a whole lot to talk about, so we might just ramble. Oh no, wait. No, wait! Liverpool have agreed a deal or are on the verge of agreeing a deal to bring Luis Diaz to the club from FC Porto. A fee somewhere in the region of 37 to 41 million pounds plus add-ons. It looks to me like a very similar deal to the one we did for Diogo Jota in terms of fee. You can also factor in the fact that this summer Porto were due to pay us for Marco Grujic. Remember, he's not there on a permanent deal. He's there on a loan with an obligation to buy. So that money is due. So you can take that off the top of the Diaz deal. And we're looking at a bargain. We really are looking at a bargain here. Luis Diaz is 25 years of age. He's a Colombian international, 31 caps, seven goals. He's really exploded on to the international scene in the last 12 months, his performance at the Copa America in 2021 was sensational. He was one of the very best players at the competition, with the lone exception of Leo Messi. Nobody outperformed him. He was just sensational. He scored four goals in the competition, and he scored them against big teams. He scored against Argentina in the semi-finals. Now, Colombia went out uh, on penalties in that one. He scored two in the third and fourth place playoff against Peru, including the winner, to to win that game for, uh, for Colombia. And he also scored against Brazil. As you go and look at those goals, they are a spectacular collection of finishes. This is a really special player. I genuinely believe this is a special player that we're signing. Like I say, 25, just turned 25. He's gone about his career the difficult way. He's had no help. He's had no easy leg up. He started off with Barranquilla in his home country. Then he went to Atletico Junior. He spent two years there. And then Porto signed him for about 7 million euros. In his first season there, he really impressed. Everybody who watched him was really, really impressed with what they were seeing. 14 goals and 7 assists in 50 games, just shy of 3,000 minutes. So really impressive output, really impressive goals and assists per minute. Uh, Last season, I think he was even better. The numbers weren't as impressive. He got 11 goals and 6 assists in... 47 games, but 2,600 minutes. So slight dip there, but his all-round game improved. And then this year, he's just taken it to another level. 16 goals, 6 assists in just shy of 2,300 minutes, 28 games. It shows a big capacity to play regularly. And remember, he's doing this domestically and in Europe. He has performed in the Champions League. He's played in the Europa League. Eight goals in 25 games in elite European competition. And while people might be quick to dismiss the Portuguese league, it is the fifth best league in Europe. The Premier League, La Liga, the Bundesliga, Syria, and then the Portuguese league. It has overtaken the French league. Top to bottom, the quality is better. 
And he has been, without doubt, the outstanding player in the Portuguese league this season. And Porto currently sit top of the league. They're unbeaten through 19 games, 17 wins and two draws. And he has been the best player. Now, you would imagine that what's happened here is he was a target for the summer. But with news of Spurs trying to close the deal for him, we have reacted and gone and got the player that we plan to buy this summer. And we've brought him in now. None of the patch journalists knew a thing about it. This morning, they're all scrambling to get the news out, to write stories about it and let on that they've been well linked in the whole time along. But none of them were. This all broke last night through journalists in Colombia and in Portugal. And if you're like me and you're obsessed with this type of thing, you were probably in that big space last night on Twitter for hours. And it was really interesting. Now, I find space, the, the Twitter space thing, a little bit weird because there's so many people talking and it's a little bit chaotic and it does, doesn't really sync well with me. Maybe I've been podcasting too long, but all those different voices was just a bit odd for me. So what I took from it was Porto fans were in there and they were saying, look, the Portuguese guys reporting on this, they're the best for Porto. If they're saying this, this is happening. There's meltdowns taking place among the Porto fan base because this is our best player. We're selling in mid-season while we're trying to win the league, while we're trying to... You know, we're hoping to go really far in the Europa League now that we've dropped into it. And he's being sold for below what we think he's worth. There'd been a lot of talk about him over the last couple of months and a lot of people saying, oh, he's got an 80 million euro buyout and all this kind of nonsense. And I'd said to Sam Maguire, I think a Jota fee gets him and it looks like a Jota fee has gotten him. Everton were going to sign him in the summer for like 20, 25 million plus James Rodriguez. So that was the baseline in the summer. There's absolutely no chance that it went from there to, oh, no, we'll only take his buyout clause. This is Porto. This is Portuguese football. The fees don't tend to be bananas. The only one that ever really was was João Felix. But he was such a special case. And he's Portuguese. Diaz is a Colombian. They don't hold their value the same way in Portugal unless they're Portuguese players, similar to how things are in England. You know, you get two players of an identical level. The English one will always cost more than the foreign one, no matter what. They just will, because they put a higher premium on their own players. So what are we getting with Luis Diaz? Well, we're getting a left winger. This is a guy who plays off the left. He's right footed. He loves to dribble, loves to carry the ball. He's got good pace. He beats men with ease. He's both a flashy dribbler and a scrappy dribbler. Dribbler, He has a lot of Luis Suarez in him. A lot of Luis Suarez in him. In terms of that scruffy style, you know, he'll bounce the ball off someone's shin, off his own shin, and he's gone by them. He's got that real dog in him, that real tenacity, that real want to be great that we see with, the likes of Suarez, the likes of Tevez. You see it in players, a lot of African players as well. Guys who've really overcome a lot in their lives. He has that. 
he has that determination. For me, I think he's a Sadio Mane, Luis Suarez, Luis Suarez hybrid. I think he marries both of those players into one. He's got Sadio's, he's not quite as quick as Sadio, but he has that burst of speed, that direct nature, that drive inside, kick it back outside, beat the man down the outside, and then cut back in onto his right foot. He's got a lot of Sadio in his game, but he's also got a lot of Suarez in his game. And I think his personality, not the the mental side of Suarez, but just that real driven nature. I think this kid is really special. 25, room for growth, already beginning to show elite levels this season. This is a brilliant signing. It really is a brilliant signing. If this one gets done, this is a great signing. To add him in the middle of a season where we're still somewhat in the race for the title. We're in the Champions League. And he's not cup-tied. Even though he played for Porto, he is allowed to play for us. So he can play. We've got a cup final. We've got the FA Cup run. And the great thing about getting him now, and I said this earlier on, I did a podcast with Eddie Gibbs uh, and Gags, a news round. Like, he doesn't have to be brilliant straight away. He has the next eight months to settle in and be ready to go for next season when we intended to have him originally. Anything he can bring us now is a bonus. Mo is playing like the best player in the world. Jot is playing really well. Mane and Bobby have clearly declined, but they're still playing well this season. And now we add this guy, and there's no pressure on him. He can come off the bench. He can get spot starts. Anything we get out of him is a bonus. And by next season, he will be fully settled in, fully integrated into how we play. He'll be used to the complexities and quirks of Klopp's system. He'll be in tune with how we press and why we press and when we press. And the thing is, he's coming from a hard taskmaster. Conseil Sao is a notoriously hard manager to play for. He's incredibly demanding. So it's not like he's coming from a teddy bear and he's going to be taken aback by this huge German man screaming at him for not pressing. He will understand what's required from day one. And I'm just thrilled. I am. I'm absolutely thrilled. I think I think the only window that could have been better is if we brought in Chuameni, just because I think we needed the help in midfield more than we did up front. But this guy is is so, so good. And I keep saying it, he's only 25. He is a better player now than Sadio was when we signed him. And look what Sadio went on to become. Look at how Jota has improved since joining. He's a better player than Jota was when he was signed as well. And look at how they improved under Klopp. I don't think he's quite where Mo was. When we sign Mo, but he's really close. Really, really close. And we, we've all seen what Mo has done. I'm not saying he'll become as good as Mo, but I do think he can maybe hit Sadio's level. Now, the level that Mo hit at his best might be the best player to ever play for this club. But in 1920, Sadio was the best player in the league. The year we won the title, Sadio Mane was the best player in the league. I think Luis Diaz has the potential to become the best player in the Premier League 
at some point in his Liverpool career, even if it's just for a season where he goes mental. I think he can do it. I think he has that type of capability. He has that type of talent. I think he's durable enough to do it. I don't think he'll be put off by the physical nature of the Premier League. I think this is a guy who, while not particularly big, he does have real core strength. He's 5'10", and he's skinny, but he's wiry skinny. Similar to Sadio. Like, Sadio might be pound for pound the strongest player. No, Mo is pound for pound the strongest player in the league. But Sadio's right up there. And if he comes in and sees how those two work, how they take care of themselves, and if he falls in line with that, the sky is the limit. He's coming in to work for one of the best managers in the world in a team with world-class players everywhere. Trent is world-class. Alisson is world-class. Virgil is world-class. Robbo is borderline. Fabinho's world-class. Thiago's world-class. Salah's world-class. Mane was. I don't believe he is anymore. But he's been world-class. He knows what it takes to get there. And that's a lot of high-level players for Diaz to measure himself against. And based on what I've seen, what I've heard, what I've read, this guy wants to be the best player at every club he's at. And his goal once he got to Porto was to become the best player there. And he did. He did it comfortably. Now he steps up, a big step up, but he steps up to Liverpool and he will have players in his sights. He will look at Mo and think, I want to be as good as you. He'll look at others and think, I want to be on your level. And what better place for him to do all of that than Liverpool under Jurgen Klopp? He'll get two full seasons of Klopp and the rest of this season. So by the time Jurgen leaves, we're going to be in great shape with him. He, Diaz will only be, what, 27? 28? 27. He'll be 27. So, you know, he'll still be right and bang in the middle of his peak. And you look now and you see what we're doing and we've brought in Kanate and he's obviously the future of, of our defence and may even be the present of our defence because I think he's going to get an extended run quite soon. We have tw- Trent, 23. That's half of our defence for the next decade already in place. You know, you move into midfield, there's been rumours of Chouameni. If we land him, he's 22. That's a decade. If we were to go and get Bellingham in 2023, he'll be 20 years of age. You get a decade plus. Harvey Elliott's 19, a decade plus. Kate Gordon is 17, a decade plus. Jota's 25. Diaz, 25. We're bringing in this new crop of players that will supplement what we have and then extend on our stay as one of the top clubs in Europe. And we will be adding more. Like That's the thing. We will be adding more. I would expect in the summer we'd probably go for Chouameni, Fabio Carvalho. I think we'll likely bring in a backup right back. And I think we might bring in one more attacker, like a Rafinha or somebody of that nature, who can play in midfield and attack. And that sets us up then. And then in 2023, you just go and you get Bellingham. That's it. That's all you need to do. Get Bellingham. 
And then Thiago will age out. Fabinho will start to age out. We'll have a plan for a centre-back to replace Virgil. We'll have a plan for a left-back to replace Robbo as he gets, you know, 31, 32. That's years away. So we're really well set up now. We need a couple more pieces, obviously, in the summer. We knew that anyway. And by the sounds of it, the club have been planning for that. So, look, this is great. And the thing is, we might end up with, like, no net spend at all for this window because Nat will probably go. You'd imagine Tacky will go. There's been rumours of Leeds and Monaco making uh, offers for him. If they were loan offers, I can see why we turned them down. But maybe we go back and say, look, how about a loan with an obligation to buy? So you take him now, you pay for him in the summer. Divock could go. And people will say, oh, well, you can't let Divock and Tacky go. But why can't you? Like, why can't you? If you've got a starting front three of Mo, Jota, Mane, and then a backup front three of Cade, Bobby, Diaz, that's just for starters. Diaz will become a starter. That's perfect. Absolutely perfect. And this sets us up so that if Sadio goes in the summer, which I think is likely, because there's been no talk of a new contract, we have his replacement, in-house, ready to go. He'll have six months in the system under his belt. It's perfect, absolutely perfect. And if we can shift on some of the dead wood, then brilliant. And come out smelling of roses. In the summer, then, we know Milner will go. Uh, I'd imagine Nico will go. And there might be one or two others. The big one is Joe Gomez. I think I think Sadio goes, but I think we'll have a replace. We have a replacement for him already in. Um, I think we'll look to add one more to that kind of front line who can also maybe play in midfield, like a Rafinha. Um, Ox could go, Naby could go, but again, that's where Chiumeni comes in. I think Chiumeni for for Naby, Chiumeni in, Naby out might be the move. Um, then it just depends on Joe Gomez. Like, is he going to stick around another year? Does he want to leave? These type of things will obviously dictate whether we buy a centre-back or, or stand pat. Costas, will he want to go? Will he want to stay? If he wants to stay, we don't need a left back. If he wants to go, then we will. But yeah, what a great, what a great situation for us to be in. And what an outstanding, an outstanding thing to wake up to this morning is everybody going nuts. And I've slept through it all because I stayed up all night listening to Twitter spaces. Um, it's funny. I thought this podcast today was going to be five minutes on Alison Becker. And then just tagging on the latest, or not the latest scouted, but the scouted from earlier in the week about what teams need to do for the end of the transfer window. Uh, but instead, we have 20 minutes on Luis Diaz. And I still can talk about Alison Becker, who was sent off twice last night in a game between Brazil and Ecuador and still played the entire game because both red cards were overturned by VAR. The first one, he comes out for a clearance. He clears the ball and the fella runs into his foot and somehow the referee thought that was a red card. How he even ended up with a yellow card, I have no idea because no foul was committed. Allison comes out of his box, high kicks a ball down the field and the guy runs into his foot. Allison does nothing wrong. Then in the 91st or 92nd minute, he comes out and punches a ball 
fella goes down like he's been shot. Ref gives a penalty, gives Ali a second jello and sends him off again. Goes and looks at the screen. No penalty. Back in goal you go. Madness. Uh, I think it ended 1-1. But what a crazy game. What a crazy game. What a crazy time in South America as that's happening. We're signing Diaz. And Newcastle are signing Bruno Gomeric, which is just bananas. But that's it. That is me for today, folks. All going well. The Diaz deal will be announced over the weekend. Fingers crossed. Nothing goes awry. This one gets across the line. We can all be very excited and we can get a new player in. Maybe, just maybe, the Reds, who had no money, but still signed a cracking player, can go and win the league. And I forgot to say this on the, the news round with Eddie. But lads, Romano firmly in the mud. There's nothing between Liverpool and Lee at Luis Diaz, he said. Nothing. Well, here we go, you prick. See you Monday. Sports Social Podcast Network.